<laughs> what if you were somebody who, like, did you believe you couldn't have more than one best friend? I don't know. I didn't think a lot about it. Because at that point, kid. like, what, is God, like, best friends with millions and millions of people? Oh, I see. So you were, like, thinking it that way. Yeah, like, he, he can't be just, all of our best friends. He's got one favorite. He's got, like, one of us more. <laughs> and even as a kid, I was fine with being, like, top 100. You know, I wasn't. I didn't, didn't want to be top one. That's so – I actually never thought about that as a kid. Like, if God liked other people more than me. <laughs> I know he loves us all, but does he like me more than this guy? Oh, man. Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. everyone welcome to the unblessed podcast my name is evan and i'm scott and we are two x chick-fil-a stands that's right it's pride month and we're coming hard at chick-fil-a <laughs> it's been all over the news and we gotta yeah have our take of course exactly so. we're gay for one month <laughs> <laughs> so no chick-fil-a anymore no though, chick-fil-a apparently. for us we're gay right now <laughs> <laughs> Scott, Scott, did you like how often did you eat Chick Fil A as a kid? Not that much. It was hardly ever. Uh, it wasn't until I don't even remember when it started coming around into popularity. But my church would order it for certain things. Like we'd have, I don't know, some like event on like a Wednesday, and they'd bring in you know twenty or something thirty sandwiches. So that was most of the time. If I had Chick Fil A, it was. It's something like that, where it was just a big bag of them, and I'd just reach in there and grab a sandwich a couple times in high school, I remember going, but it was not that often. Were you a regular there? Uh, I think in high school, it became more of a regular thing. Like, I think our church ordered from Crystal more than they did Chick-fil-A, just because Crystal has the sliders. Crystal? Is that, I think I'm, is that a Southern thing? White Castle, White Castle has the sliders, right? Yeah. So Crystal's the same thing. Mm. Well, Chick-fil-A has been in the news recently because they promoted slash hired slash whatever. Uh, it got out that they have a <laughs> vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. And I just want to point out that in our, what was it, Evan? Maybe 12 seconds of research on this topic, we found that they hired this guy on like for DEI in 2020. Yeah. And then he got promoted to like a VP level I think about a year ago. Yeah. But they've had a DEI like in motion for almost 3 years now. So, I don't know why we're just getting up in arms apparently as a 
Christian nation once again. <laughs> Chick Fil A is the new Starbucks. Just uh, honestly, I'm kind of here for it. I, oh, yeah. I'm I'm not the biggest Chick Fil A fan for how they have been politically in the past. I'm glad they're doing a DEI thing, but I know in the past they were very hesitant on hiring people of certain backgrounds, and I felt like they were a little pushy on like we're closed on Sundays and that's we're holier than that. <laughs> yeah. It was like just make sandwiches. <laughs> I remember those going to be and I don't know if there is, but I don't know if it ever came to fruition, but in the Atlanta Falcon Stadium there was going to be a construction of a Chick-fil-A in there and I was like why? They're like, "Well, so you could have Chick-fil-A on doing a a, Which a game? football game." And yeah, and I was like <laughs> Like 80% of them are played on Sundays. So just Monday night football. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get the uproar. We were trying to do some research beforehand just so we could be, you know, the most informed hosts as possible as we we usually are. And that's what we always (laughs) promise you is informed dialogue (laughs) on subjects that we research. Definitely not five (laughs) minutes before turning the mics on. Oh my gosh. All this feels silly. I think that's the best way I can describe this is it's a three years too late. Yeah. I think some Christian influencer type uh, conservative people got on Twitter in the last couple of weeks and said, like, I think they once someone tweeted, like, Chick-fil-A has gone woke, <laughs> which <laughs> to me is hilarious. But suddenly everyone's up in arms about Chick-fil-A and the Christians are losing their minds because that's their last safe haven of where to find a christian chicken sandwich <laughs> where else do you go what's another christian restaurant though where where do the christians flock now i can't think of one i mean i know interstate batteries is run by a christian that may be your last bastion of hope <laughs> i think they have some hot dogs at interstate batteries you can get but that's the that's the whole stupid thing is that it's fucking food i know it's just a chicken sandwich. <laughs> it's just a chicken sandwich at the end of the day. Like Chick-fil-A was involved in the chicken sandwich wars with Popeyes and Taco Bell and Burger King and McDonald's and everybody. Like that was a whole thing to try and distract us from the fact that it, the pandemic was going on. I, I understand wanting to buy something that is associated with your values. Sure. Uh, from the aspect of like, you know, I don't want to necessarily, you know, buy from anybody who exploits their employees or, you know, they're, they're taking this, that, or the other from certain things. But at the same time, it's a chicken sandwich. It is a chicken sandwich. <laughs> I, you know me. I'm a huge McDonald's fan, so yeah. nothing can replace the McChicken for me. It's I'm not saying it's the best sandwich out there either. I'm not I'm not stupid. It's a McChicken. It's a dollar. I, I know exactly yeah. what I'm getting, but I get the exact same thing every time, and they perfected it. So I know what I'm getting. I had a chicken yeah. biscuit yesterday for like the first time, and there I was go. like, this is, you know what, this hits, this hits the spot. It's okay. Yeah, this is. <laughs> There's not many fast food items where I'm like, this is life-changing. It's, it's, exact, it's fast food. It's going to be what it is a thousand times over. But and like, who's to say the Christian-run portion of Chick Fil A is just not full of dicks and assholes? <laughs> like, why is it that 
just being Christian is good enough for all of this. Russell Wilson's a Christian. A He's point. a shitty football player right now. That's like, a very good point. I, Tim Tebow was a Christian, and he had... How many yards? Even, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not even going to say one good year. He had like 16 good fourth quarters. They still think he'd come back and win a Super Bowl. People think Tim Tebow could oh, pray his way to a, a ring. Absolutely. You're right. That That's an interesting topic of like the the value of being Christian is first compared to whatever product or service that's coming after. Yeah. It's And that's what makes it a little icky, and I'm about to get on my soapbox, but... Uh, I remember when I was soapbox oh, was, it, honey. I'm gonna soapbox it, but I remember having a conversation a long time ago about Christian art, Christian music, and someone said to me, "It was like a mentor of mine who's a Christian." They said, "Anything, anytime someone puts the word Christian in front of something, they're just trying to market it to you. Right? It, it doesn't. Christians should not care about if it's being marketed as Christian to you. Just do it to the best of your ability, and if you happen to be a Christian, great." And that's how I always saw music. So I always got sick to my stomach. People were like, well, they're a Christian rock band. I'm like, why did it lead with that? If you're a good rock band, just say we're a rock band, you know, or it's like, or if you have a tire shop, you don't have to say, well, we're a Christian tire shop. Just say you're a damn good tire shop. And hopefully the rest will show for its value. But it's, it's, it feels slimy to me when people just only market as like, well, we're a Christian, uh, you know, clothing company. It's like, okay, like, <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Two things. One, do you think in the old biblical times that people cared where they got their necessities from? Probably not. Probably at least they probably wouldn't throw as much of a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. It's like today. you know, I can't believe the the guy I get my donkey feed from Worships Baal. Yeah, worships Baal. <laughs> but the other thing is kind of flip it to a current scenario. So, you know, all these Christians, they focus on these mission trips and all these, like, uh, you know, third world countries. Do you think people in those third world countries give a rat's ass about whether or not the owner of Starbucks or the owner of, yeah, owner of Starbucks is a Christian or not, or the owner of Chick-fil-A is a Christian or not? And the answer is no. Like, when, when things become a necessity, they become a necessity. Yeah, exactly. I'm not... If my house is on fire, I'm not going to ask the firefighters if they're Christians first. <laughs> like, I know. I'm going to want them to put out the damn fire. Yeah, I just hope they're a good firefighter through and yeah. through. That's it. So to me, it just it feels disingenuous when it thinks. And I, I won't really accuse Chick Fil A of doing this. I don't think they necessarily market it as like we're a Christian company. Yeah, we just they just have found out that they were. Yeah, it's like <laughs> people fairness. discovered. Oh, they're closed on Sundays, and suddenly it's like. I think Christ goes here every day for lunch. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't know. I, it just feels slimy when maybe not Chick-fil-A, but anytime there's just like Christian marketing where it's like Christian, this Christian, that I, it just, I don't understand. Cause you don't see that on the other side necessarily. I take that back. There could be times where you see that from other value systems, but you usually see it with Christians. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is where I think Christians get a little bit confused is because they're like, oh, people think we're trying to shove it down their throats, and we're not. I don't think it's so much the evangelistic portion when it comes to that. I think it's the marketing portion where it's just like, if you're good, you're good. Like, But there have been so much bad products associated with something being Christian 
this is only a recent thing as far as marketing goes because yeah. like oh for sure yeah this was not hundreds of years ago you wouldn't see like a christian shoe salesman <laughs> it was just <laughs> who people were the invention of welches was a uh was a christian who didn't who wanted an alternative to communion wine hmm like the inventor of um kellogg's Oh, uh, right. Was a seven day Adventist and yeah. wanted to have sugar that, or cereal that didn't have sugar in it. I would love to see Christian cornflakes nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the wheat flakes. I don't know. Christ flakes. Christ flakes. <laughs> Born again flakes. There we go. <laughs> that stuck. Yeah. But yeah, this whole story with the DEI uh, hire for Chick fil A is extremely convoluted and three years late <laughs> and oh, i love it i don't get it but you know what people are still gonna eat I, at the end of the day i know people are gonna come right back to chick-fil-a give it a couple weeks and people are gonna figure out this whole thing yeah i think that's that's the second problem with this is that this is being reported as news yeah and it's three years old it's olds yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> been here for a while what what do you that's where that's where it's my theory of like somebody got hired at Chick Fil A, but then they found out that there was a DEI policy, and they were like, "Hold on, not not in my good Christian, not in America. my church, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in my good Christian Chick Fil A." This all stemmed from them hiring a DEI like vice president. Yeah, and there was no statement that was saying like anything different about their policies or how they accept. People. It was just a matter of like, hey, we're trying to include more people, make sure that we have an equitable experience for anyone that wants to work at Chick-fil-A. And I look at that and go, that all sounds great. What problem is there? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you want to hire gay people. That's why. And I think people are skirting around the issues. They're like, well, they're just going, you know, woke or whatever. And they're just uh, bowing down to the woke mob and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think that's the case. I think... Chick-fil-A is just following good business practices because they want to stay alive. And they realize, oh, gee, if we treat employees better and hire more people, we'll have a better time. <laughs> but yeah. it's, apparently it's woke and anti-Christian to be inclusive. So right. I don't get it. I don't get it. Those those two things are absolutely synonymous, woke and being and loving Jesus. Right. Yeah. Who it's, was arguably the most woke person at the time. <gasps> Impossible. I'm, I'm saying it. <laughs> well, speaking of... Woke. <laughs> speaking of uh, woke. Speaking of chicken sandwiches. <laughs> there we go. Speaking of chicken sandwiches, uh, we're going to talk about one of the most famous chicken sandwiches in the whole Bible. Uh, Gideon. Yeah, exactly what people think of when they think of Gideon. <laughs> Is chicken sandwiches. Um, so we're going to be in the book of Judges. At this time, Israel is kind of going through these weird um, people in charge, I think is the best. That's a great synopsis. Yeah, it's, like not kings. It's just people in charge. Yeah, it's just kind of generals who like take charge every now and then and are just like, all right, you know, we're, we're conquered. Let's try and not be conquered anymore. And then they... Or kind of a Lord Protector over... Yeah, they all have, like, random superpowers kind of, too. Like, I've been 
catching glimpses of Holly's been rewatching Smallville and every few episodes, there's like a, just a random, they, they don't have enough villains in the DC universe to fill with Superman. So they will make up these episodes called meteor freaks. And it's just people that were like near the meteor shower that got these weird Kryptonian powers. And uh, so kind of like static shock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Superman's a ripoff of static shock. <laughs> You hear that, Holly? But that's how I think about the all the judges, is that they are all just meteor freaks. Like, they're all in the same room and got hit by a piece of Krypton. Now they're all just like, this one's super strong. This one can, like, pile drive you. This one can heal you. Like, this, they're all random uh, superpower people. Yep. But they're not kings. That's the most important part. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. They're not kings. They just rule unquestionably. That's right. Yep. So starting in, uh, I guess, verse uh, chapter 6, verse 36, then Gideon said to God, if you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you said, I will put a fleece of wool here on the threshing floor. If dew is on the fleece and all the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by my strength, as you said. And that is what happened. When he got up early in the morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung dew out of it, filling a bowl of water. First off, <laughs> I love in the New Testament, there's a verse that's like, don't test God. Yeah. And in the Old Testament, it's just like, I'm going to test God. They're like, test um, God to every possible whim. <laughs> just say like, hey, God, if I walk outside today and it's raining, I'm going to know you, you're you doing your promise on me. But if it's, if I walk outside and it's not, then I'm going to be sad. Aren't these strange tests too? They're they're strange. I always wonder if there's a story behind because they're so specific. Like yeah. there has to be some kind of symbolic story about the fleece and the right. dew. Does your ESV study Bible say anything about this? Let's take a look at the ESV study Bible notes. Verse thirty six. Before the actual military engagement, oh boy. Gideon, again, displays his reluctance to be a leader, for he asks for a confirmation um, from God. On the one hand, Gideon's fears are understandable. The task he is preparing to do is difficult and dangerous. On the other hand, the angel's appearance... Imp- okay. Uh, they don't really say anything. They just... Uh, okay. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, he wanted confirmation. And yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why? This isn't weird. Why, uh, this isn't weird at all. Yeah, I don't think I see... God. Oh, here I... we go. Sorry. Verse 9. Let me test. And it says... Gideon's desire to test God was in direct violation of the Mosaic law, which prohibited humans from testing God, Deuteronomy 6, 16. Gideon himself was aware that he was doing something unwise, if not even sinful, since he asked God not to be angry with him, Judges 6, 39. Uh, Gideon already knew God's will. Gideon, oh, sorry, already knew God's will, calling him to service on behalf of God's people. So Gideon's requests reveal his weak faith, Despite this lack of faith, God accommodated his requests. So it's like, don't test God, but if you do test God, only because if you have weak faith and God needs to really show you to make sure you have strong faith. So, Which isn't that the whole point God. of testing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm going to jump in a pool and I don't have faith that it's like a nice warm pool, I'm going to dip my toe in there. But instead, they're just like, ah, you know, just jump in. I don't know. Just jump in. <laughs> Unless you have weak faith. Unless you have some doubts, then it's okay yeah. to dip your toe in. And that's fine. 
Otherwise, jump in. <laughs> Gideon then said to God, don't be angry with, with me. Let me speak one more time. Please allow me to make one more test with the fleece. Let it remain dry and the dew be all over the ground. That night, God did as Gideon requested. Only the fleece was dry and dew was all over the ground. Wow. God so, works in mysterious ways. He works in the mysterious ways of doing... So he's hanging a jacket, a fleece. I'm imagining a really nice jacket. It's just like a... One of those like bomber jackets, like Tom Cruise. Real... Oh, okay, I was imagining the exact opposite, just like... <laughs> A sheet of fleece. <laughs> I no, I'm imagining like a real, like a wool lined jacket with some, you know, studs on it. And so he's hanging that up, soaking wet. It's got daddy and rhinestones on the back of it. <laughs> judge me. Only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. <laughs> I imagine there's some way people were trying to test God's presence, I guess, by just these random little science experiments of like, okay, if you, did you ever do that as a kid? Did you ever test God though? I have to wonder. Sidetrack. Um, I think so every now and then. Like a little like, hey, if this happens, I'll yeah, really. I was like, if I hit this goal, I'll believe in you. I hit it off the, I, I miss entirely. I'm like, that's okay. I'm too scared not to. <laughs> I I was afraid to test God at times, like the Bible would say. Oh, yeah, I, I was afraid he'd get mad at me, and that's why I would like be like, oh, that's okay. Because God is like Santa's dad when you're a kid. <laughs> I actually thought of that. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Because like, I used to think Santa was real, and I would try to justify, well, how can Santa and God be the same universe so i just kind of thought like oh santa sort of you know reports to god i guess like he's like an employee of god i didn't really think about that hard but yeah i did just think about it as a kid <laughs> yeah every kid does when it's just like okay there's god who when i die does the ultimate naughty and nice list but santa's looking out for right now I want that laser tag set. And then, <laughs> now, though, I know. And then <laughs> Jesus oh, so is God's son, and the Holy Spirit could be Santa. I was imagining like a very ornate Catholic church or something, and there's like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it's just like God, Jesus, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember like testing God that much, but. I know I did. I know, like, I would go, like, okay, if this happens, like, I'll really believe, you know, this time. Or, like, I'll really give my life away no matter what. And then if it didn't go in my favor, I would go, well, maybe I was, he's calling me out for testing him. So it, it can never go in my favor. I had a friend of mine who he ran uh, junior Olympic stuff when he was a kid. Like, he, he was a really fast uh, track runner. And he said, if I, he said when he was in like fourth grade, he was like, God, if I win this race, I'll never say another cuss word ever again. And he won the race. And so he stopped cussing and he explained it to me. And I was like, even in like seventh or eighth grade, I was like, why would you make that promise? <laughs> Cussing's fun. No, well, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> it seems like a weird promise to make. Like, he was like, no, but God let me win the race. And I was like, can't argue with that. Um, 
But then he ended up because we were playing video games and we were in eighth grade, and he ended up at least saying that he that there was where he broke his promise because I like he was just like die bitch and like <laughs> we were playing like Call of Duty or something and I didn't even notice he was like I broke my promise to God and I was like oh you saw his like soul leave his body God's spirit was like I'm done with this one. He cussed. I haven't led too many people to the Lord, but I've definitely led one away. Um, <laughs> no, he oh was just like, he, like, I mean, he was just like, I broke my promise. And I was like, oh. Okay. Another game then? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> so play. I just, that is pretty funny thing about just like, I just broke a promise with the eternal <laughs> God creator of the universe. Do you want to play another game? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm over it. <laughs> I think about I'm, I'm all over the board today, but I thought about that so much as a kid is like the communication and like the contract I had with God, like, and how insane that was. Like, I would think, oh, like the same person that created the world out of nothing and can do anything possible is best friends with me. And I have a direct line to them through prayer at any time i mean that's what i thought yeah. that's why i was weird as a kid evan <laughs> what if you were somebody who like did you believe you couldn't have more than one best friend i don't know i didn't think a lot about it that at that point kid. like what is god like best friends with millions and millions of people oh i see so you were like thinking it that way yeah, like he can't be just, all of our best friends he's got one favorite he's got like one of us more <laughs> And even as a kid, I was fine with being like top 100. You know, I wasn't, I didn't, didn't want to be top one. That's so, I actually never thought about that as a kid. Like, if God liked other people more than me, <laughs> I know he loves us all, but does he like me more than this guy? Oh, man. It's just like, of course you love all your kids, but you got the one that like you really connect with, you know, just the one that you really can kick back and relax oh, yeah, with. Yeah, can vibe with. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I really hope I can vibe with God. <laughs> uh, ask like asking for favors or promises like that was I mean it was commonplace. I would be, be like, okay, God, like do your thing. You know, it was it was like a a I don't want to say like a magic stone or something. It, was, it just always felt like he was in my back pocket. Like okay, like God, go do your thing. Like change this person's heart. God. <laughs> It did. I I felt like I like was able to like take God with me everywhere. So I thought like, okay, I'll just like pray and maybe this will happen. And there was times where I thought like I would get really into it. I'd be like, I would pray for something and just wait. I'd be like, okay, God, like turn that light on or something like that. And I would just like wait and wait and wait and wait and wait for years in my room. <laughs> and then you had other people we we were getting so off topic, but we, right. you had other people that uh would claim that like God delivered these huge prayers for them. And yeah. I'm it's not that I want to discount that. But at the same time with these folks it came it was so often and it was so specific so many times that it Interesting. And then you start to pray for something specific and you have, you know, ultimate faith and you, you know, you're trying your best, which like, you know, yeah, you can sit there and you can be like, well, maybe you didn't believe enough. Well, that's where grace is supposed to that fill the glass. Yes. You know? And so I don't think that's fair to say, well, you didn't have enough faith. Well, if you're asking, 
that should be enough. Um, that always bothered me because I would see examples in the Bible of people who seem like they would have almost no faith, like just complete. I mean, for some of these people in the Bible, they are losers. Like they are really bad at following God's commands, but God like does these insane miracles for them. So I always thought as a kid, like, okay, well, I go to like church every Sunday. I pray like every night, like, and I'll ask for stuff and it wouldn't happen. And people would tell me like to my face, like, well, you just need to have more faith. And I would be like, what else can I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it made me think like something's wrong with you. So you, yeah. that's what would drive me more and more like into the, the lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. Like I just got so deep into it because I wanted to be able to have those, you know, experiences like yeah. other people said. And the had. stuff that you ask for as a Christian is not like money. No. Like it's like wasn't selfish at all. Heal my sick relative. Yeah. I I'd pray for people. Yeah, my neighbors. I'd be like anything. Yeah. I'd be like stop this war that's happening. I always thought about too. I'd be like why don't we all get together and pray for this thing? Like the, again, uh, we're way off talking, but I don't really care. It's, it's clearly on our hearts today, so yeah. we got to speak from the heart. But I remember people would, like have. I remember one lady at my church growing up was very into prayer. She led like the prayer team at. Did you have like a prayer team at your church or like yeah. a prayer ministry? So she like led that. So she was like always at church, like every morning at like six a.m. But she'd always have these like little stories. She's like, "Well, I prayed that like uh, you know God would just give me a sense of peace, and then like I." got this book on discount that's about peace at the bookstore. I just knew that was a God. Like, it was always, like, little coincidences like that. And she's like, well, it was prayer, and he answered it, and he cares. But it always rubbed me the wrong way because it's like God was obsessed with these little tiny favors for people of, like, I'm going to make sure you know that I'm present in your life. But then, like, the big serious things, like, hey, like, how about we pray to stop this war, keep our kids safe, or help this person out of the hospital? And they'd be like, no, <laughs> that's okay. Or you don't have enough faith. That's why it didn't work. The stories that I always loved were like the fun mom stories about mm. prayer where it was like, you know, I was putting... I love these. I was putting Caleb... I was trying to get Caleb ready for school and he spilled, you know, everything all on top of me. And, you know, I was <laughs> late for work and this, that, or the other. And then, you know, uh, I was getting ready to go to work and thank God my boss called in sick because... You know, everything was, uh, you know, my whole shirt and everything was a mess. It just means, all it means is that the good Lord is looking out for me. And it was like, yep. your boss is sick. <laughs> yeah, your boss is sick. That's all. <laughs> You're making it into a God thing when really it's like, it's not. It's it's yeah. just like a, you're, you're putting meaning into uh, something that happened and you're trying to, you know, find that uh, you're injecting meaning is what you're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Injecting it into a situation where it wasn't inherently there. You don't have to look around the world to find me to find a super spiritual meaning. Um, and I don't think I have an, a huge problem with that when people inject meaning like from their religion or their beliefs of like, well, this happened and if it gives them peace, it's just always it, it just never feels like it's an even application where it's like some things yeah. like, well, this is obviously a God thing. And then other things is like, well, that's impossible. That, that couldn't be from God. That's, that's just sin or that's somebody else yeah. not having faith. So it, I'll tell you one thing that is a God thing. According to the Bible, every single president elected ever. 
Technically, yes. <laughs> Technically, yes, because the rulers of prince and principalities, uh, rules of principalities yep. and princes and everything like that, they are put in place by God. That I would, I would agree. To, according to as the a Bible. former uh, Calvinist, too, everything yeah. is preordained, so and, he already had it in mind. In the words of Will Robertson, those words are in red, so you know they're important. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's kick off the next <laughs> part going. of Gideon. So sorry. Um, <laughs> chapter seven. Uh, God selects Gideon's army. Jerubabel, that is Gideon. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, and everyone who was with him <laughs> got up early and camped beside the spring of Harad. The camp of Midian was north of them, below them, the hill of Amora in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, "You have too many people for me to hand the Midianites over to you, or else Israel might brag. I did it myself." Now announce in the presence of the people, whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 of the people turned back, <laughs> but 10,000 remained. Makes sense. Folks yeah. who were scared and who didn't want to do it, you're just like, all right, put up a shut up. Two-thirds leave. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many people. Take them down to the water, and I will test them there for you there. Are you doing a Barack Obama impression? <laughs> if I say to you, there, this one can go with you. He can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you. He cannot go. <laughs> the pause. God damn it. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Separate everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog. Do the same with everyone who kneels to drink. The number of those who lapped with their uh, hands to their mouths was uh, 300 men, and the rest all... All the rest of the people knelt to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped uh, and (laughs) hand the Midianites over to you. Um, But everyone else is to go home. So God was like, these guys. Here's the thing. I would fully be on board with going to church if there was these tests of might and faith like this every week. If it was just these hidden, like, okay, the people who put cream cheese on one side of the bagel, put them on the worship team. The people who didn't use any cream cheese, kick them out. (laughs) (laughs) Like these weird hidden tests to see who God's going to use. Yeah, he just tells these people, all right, we need to slim down this army. People who drink the water like a dog, keep them. If they kneel down. If they got that dog in them. <laughs> if they got that dog in them, they, you're going to keep them. You got in. you got that dog. The other one right there, he got that dog. God is the Louisiana O-lineman coach. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to line up just like this, and you're going to hands up there, and you're going to buy you. Hey, you got to get down to them boys with the dog. And you get, get that crawfish and put it in that little shrimp ball. You get ball. a shrimp ball rolling, and you get, a dog, you get people with dog in them. Those people you want. When you line up face mask to face mask, you want a dog in you. About New Orleans, this is how he needs them. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> but I love this as God's test. 
Gideon didn't want to talk to God. He just did signs. He was like, I don't fucking understand you. What I'm tell you what I'm gonna do. <laughs> hey man, alligator down there, boy. They gonna be <laughs> All right, sounds great. I'm gonna put my jacket up over here. If there's yeah. dew on it, I believe you. If there's not, I don't. Yeah. Jacket yeah. dry, thumbs up. <laughs> jacket wet, wet. Thumbs, thumbs down. down. Yeah, boy, I already have me go and get the uh, boy, the dog, and they like, lap it up, boy. The shrimp, come on, rap. <laughs> huh? Huh? Who? I said they lap over the water like a dog, boy. You got a boomer in the army. <laughs> okay. <Who? laughs> I say you got 300, boy, huh? <laughs> and a dog and the 300 of them. You get a shrimp, old boy, and you ride them down, fold it around, and you're getting them dogs, huh? <laughs> I'm just gonna go with these guys and just hope that that works. Gideon's like, sure, please just leave me alone. <laughs> oh man, I love God as an O line coach. <laughs> uh, just whistle around his neck, big pot belly. <laughs> his belly poking underneath his shirt a little oh, bit. Oh, absolutely. He's got like a plumber's crack. He's got a visor on with the hair sticking out the top. Yeah. Like the reflective shades. <laughs> He's got three girls. <laughs> <laughs> All of them talk the same. There you go, boy. You get down. You get in Mount Gilead. You get 22 fountain, boy. If you go, get on and get. The gate is they happen is like they, they take the Midianite camp with the 300 men. Yeah, this is where uh, 300 was. Uh, this tr- 300 was a true story, and it was based yeah. on this. It, well, no, it was inspired <laughs> <Nope>. by. <laughs> I wa- I watched it. I it was a true story. It said at the beginning, it said based on the Bible. <laughs> oh, did it? So what was uh, what were the Persians doing there, Scott? Well, that's the next chapter. We what have to was, get to Judges eight. Was, where why they, were uh, they? Why do they call themselves Spartans and not Israelites? Like it's it's Hollywood, okay? They're kind of just loosely basing so, it. Okay, so so loosely that a not in the same spot at all. B completely different people. There's C, a part where like big elephants scenarios. are marching into the camp, and then like a million arrows take over the sun and all that jazz, right? I don't remember 300. It's been so long. <laughs> I mean, that's in the movie The 300, yes. I don't know if that's in the I just remember watching 300 very uncomfortably with my friends uh, and his and their dads. Like It was like a couple dads, and they're like, we're going to have a guy's movie night. And they put on 300. And they didn't realize how much boob was in that movie. Oh, I thought it, it was going to be more about like the shirtless guys. <laughs> the shirt. It awakened something in all of us that day. We were all like, every, Lord. every dad was like, you know what movie we should watch? Boys, you're going to love this. Wives are out of the house. Let's watch 300. Let's watch a bunch of shirtless, oiled up, muscly men have just, an orgy. Just like, just like elbowing his son. That's a man right there. That's a man. Oh, I could not get that movie off fast. I just remember we were, it was so uncomfortable. I don't even now, like even where I'm at now in my life, any if I watch a movie with my parents and there's like nudity, it it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> like oh, no one knows what to do. Everyone just panics and tries to make a joke and it doesn't land. So yeah, it that that uh movie, it's based on this verse, I think. Okay, Loosely. cool. 
I'll leave you with three hundred million locked up and hand midnight that so to you. Gotta go back home. Uh, so Gideon sent all the Israelites to their tents, but kept the three hundred who took the people's provisions and their trumpets. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley, and then talks about him spying on the Midianite camp and then taking the Midianite camp. Um, so you know, I mean, God, I mean, you know, God's right in this. Scenario. He pulled through. He, he, he pulled was through. Like, hey, those those ones that lap up. I did see a documentary on this one time. Oh, I'll say this. It was talking about military in the Old Testament, and it was saying that this was a prototype of uh, special forces from back in the day. Interesting. And uh, the reason being is that you wanted a special brand of person for this kind of mission. People got that dog in them. Pretty much. <laughs> That's what God was saying was they've got to be a little crazy. A little crazy. <laughs> they've got to be a little, they've got to be, there's got to be yeah. some screw loose, screws loose for this mission. That's who we want in God's army. Yep. That's those people. What do you think the, uh, army of angels is do you think it's just people sitting around talking about theology no they're just up in heaven punching each other constantly <laughs> getting for stronger fun. getting yeah. stronger by the day yeah <laughs> that would make sense i could see how this is a some sort of explanation of like a special force or like a strong unit or whatever you want to call and i think um, so too because it's a little bit like Hey, we're about to go on this crazy ass mission. I need people. I need someone who isn't used to the comforts of life. I need someone who's been on their own and I need I need stray cats is what I need. <laughs> yeah. I need stray cats and I need stray dogs. Well, and I wonder too if this is like also a, an evolution of like warfare of like, well, it's better to have 300 dogs, like people who are just absolutely batshit crazy going versus sending 10,000 people who we're probably going to get slain 90% of them. But if we can send in, you know, the, uh, what's that movie with all the old washed up actors, uh, the expendables. Yeah. <laughs> this is the expendables. All of those expendable <laughs> actors. <laughs> A bunch of seven year old former action stars which is all which also made sense because it's like okay like if we use all ten thousand, you know maybe like nine thousand get killed um just because they're not used to warfare or they're not used to you know being on their own or let's say you know let's even just say like only a thousand get killed yeah you know still you're out a thousand if you send in 300 and 300 get killed you're only down 300 but it's your 300 dogs. It's, the, it's, it's them dogs. It's the two-a-days. You know, the, the ones hitting up two, the... How's their two-a-days in Sands down Orange Beach and Mobile? They all got the cut-off jerseys where you you see, like, their full bellies, yep. you know? They got the just the, the he, eye grease on all over. <laughs> he's ninny. He's ninny. He's ninny. He's outie. He's ninny. He's ninny. <laughs> All right, innies against outies. Line up on three. Bradley, get over there. You and Audi. <laughs> you and Audi. John, I, I know you. what the hell you are. I, I, <laughs> that's both. <laughs> you got a weird belly button. Honestly, that's a mistake by me. That, I don't know. You 
you got to sit out until we figure out the whole belly button situation. <laughs> you got that dog in you, but you got to figure out that belly button. You hear me? <laughs> you can't be in any in and out at the same time. Either suck it up or suck it in. We'll just wait to see. <laughs> wait to see which team has less players, and then you just go jump in that jamboree now. <laughs> that jamboree. Cajun oh, God man. is my favorite God. <laughs> Yes. He he tops Gilbert Gottfried at the moment. <laughs> this is great. By you, God. By you, God. Uh, well, what are your final thoughts on, on Gideon? Uh, I mean, I think the whole concept of this being kind of a litmus test for people who are desperate, um, who maybe have had to live a hard life, uh, makes the most sense. Because in this climate, in this point in time, you're kind of, you're looking for people who've got skin in the game. Yeah. You know, you you're looking for folks who, they, they need this. They need the the Midianites out. They 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 need this to work. If the situation of them getting on all fours and lapping water into their mouths shows you that they're you know thirsty and hadn't drank in days, um, it's like all right, these are people that need. Yeah, they, they're they're going to be fighting. It reminds me, there's actually a. Uh, story with a similar litmus test um by the thebians um mm. it's the uh sacred band um or band of sacred whatever um they were uh 300 male lovers oh. paired together and they were a very effective army and the idea behind it was you would fight for someone that you cared about well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Now it was the Greek, so it was like an older and a younger. Um, so mm. <laughs> take that as you will. Oh, the Greeks! Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> all the Greeks. <laughs> they had something so going. Yeah. Maybe not a great model, but the like uh, idea. The like That's interesting though. Yeah, in this like mm. early military idea uh, is there of like for your military especially back in the day you want people who needed to be in the military right yeah they they needed your war to succeed that is interesting that people who have something to fight for or are willing to fight that how to suss them out back because like they didn't have programmatic like tests in place it's just like all right we're gonna throw rocks whoever can throw it the farthest (laughs) like get over whoever laps it up like a dog you know it's just and I won't say primitive, but they were trying to find signs of like what makes someone a good warrior. Yeah. And I think in this case, they were probably thinking, hey, like people who are drinking water like a dog, they tend to be those crazy people that we need in the fight. So yeah. they're going to eat someone's brain. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and you think about like war back then, it was very face to face. Oh, yeah. And you wanted someone who was an animal. Yeah. You want an absolute fucking animal. Someone that has that dog in it. <laughs> um, you you wanted you but you wanted somebody who was gonna claw someone's eyes out yeah. and choke them out on the battlefield and ram their spear straight through their skull. Yikes. Yeah, like, it was brutal. You wanted it. Cause like and that's part of what the documentary that I saw was hmm. making the point is they were just like, these are guys that are gonna have PTSD for the rest of their lives you know and it was like you wanted somebody who was going to jump whole hog into that 
for you. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Well, anytime I'm by a body of water, I'm going to kneel down and drink it with a straw, just in case someone's watching. I'm going <laughs> to make sure. Just, just so they don't think that you've got that dog in you. Yeah, I don't have the dog in me. <laughs> I don't think I could claw someone's eyes out. This man right here, yeah. you got that dog in him. I ain't got that dog in me, boy. Yeah, I'm more... The, the verses before seven are interesting to me. Uh, just the whole testing God. I, well, we, all, we, we figured out it's because God talks like he's from... <laughs> Uh, back was Louisiana. <laughs> and God would just finish up a Gideon shrimp Gideon couldn't fucking understand him. <laughs> I love... If I could have any accent, I would absolutely love to have like a Bayou Louisiana accent. I think it's so You fun. think so? And yeah, I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> have you ever seen the uh, coach of LSU, the former coach of LSU football, Ed Orgeron? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, is the Bayou Cajun accent to absolutely. a Absolutely, yes. The testing of God is just so strange to me. It's like it's off limits, but then it happens all the time in the Bible. And I just, yeah. I, I can never come to terms with how, there's never a perfect explanation. Like even the ESV study is like, well, it's technically a sin, but it, he really needed the confirmation. And yeah. I'm just like, well, we all need the confirmation. Yeah, we well, all need Don't it. we all? Like, you know, it seems like the Bible and these stories, it's all about having faith in God and trusting God. And he helps some people. He'll bend over backwards to help some people have faith. Like, he will prove himself over and over and over again. I mean, you look at just Moses. The whole time, he's, like, showing him miracles. He's talking to him. He's giving him, you know, all these signs that he's there. So then it's like, naturally, as when you're a kid growing up, you think, well, surely I'll get something that will prove to me because everyone else says they got one and then it never comes. And you have to think like, well, I must be doing something wrong. You know, maybe I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have enough faith or I'm not doing the right test. Yeah. So it's just, it's just funny because the test that I would do, it seems so like little compared to like, all right, we're going to hang up a fleece in a threshing floor and see if it's <laughs> the floor underneath. It's dry. Okay. <laughs> like These random science experiments. So, Gideon is a yeah interesting little chapter in the the book of Judges. So, and then man. the tests that you were instructed to give were very specific because it was like test God, ask him for revival. Yeah, and it's like that's not the test that we've seen in the Bible. You can never have like a test that's like all right, like shoot down a lightning bolt right into this spot here. But if you say oh like revive my school or give me peace or help this family feel at ease well you can't really measure those like you no. can other tests you can't say well i feel more peaceful than yesterday like that's not doesn't really ha how it works but and i think that's why again a hot take but i think we're not we're instructed not to test god because it's the same reason why televangelists don't go to hospitals and do healings there because yep. they know that it's going to be a bad time. They can do it on TV for people who are willing, but you've never seen one of the, you've never seen Benny Hinn walk into the children's hospital and go, gee, I hailed 10,000 people last night at my world tour. Maybe I can go to St. Jude's and do the same thing today. Absolutely Wouldn't happen. Not. Same reason why psychics don't go to the casino. It's just testing God. If it backfires, looks really bad. So the, that's why they usually urge you don't test God because it might not work. That's why snake handlers are the funniest denomination to me. <laughs> they are.
absolutely are. If you're a snake handler and you're listening, I'm laughing at you. Because <laughs> it's like, there was uh, a story a while back about this guy. He got, he was a preacher and they handled this snake like several times and he finally bit the guy. And he had to get rushed. They, The whole church was against it because snake handling, surprise, surprise, is not a mainstream denomination. Yeah. They were against sending him to the hospital, but finally somebody was like, I think he needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes are like pussed out of his head. Yeah, he's venom. turning a little purple. And they send him to a hospital, and they get the venom extracted and everything, and they save his life. They're like, yeah, why did it happen? And he gave like a non-answer of like, yeah, you know, sometimes the Lord works in mysterious ways. And that snake like, had that dog in him. That snake had that dog in him. Well, on that note, Scott, like, yeah. uh, what kind of uh, what kind of pop culture, what cultural phenomenon, what... How have you been enriching your life oh, lately? Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. I'm behind. I will say one thing I got excited about was the new season of I Think You Should Leave came out uh, oh, did last it? week. And it's very funny. Um, I, very, very funny. I so. quote the uh, Haunted House tour all the time. <laughs> I also, My quick story with that is when we went to Savannah, they, we did like a ghost <laughs> tour. And we went into a house just like that. Oh! And all I could think about the whole time was that <laughs> sketch. And I so badly wanted to be like, to not end. trying to ruin someone's day. <laughs> not trying to make someone's job hard. I just did any know. of these? Did any of these fuckers <laughs> ever fly it, through the wall and blast a big load of cum? Oh, it's so funny. So, yes, you got to watch the, the new season. It's, it's, oh, it's very good. So I'll keep it short. So what about you? Today, actually. Um, I started watching this Amazon Prime documentary called The Ride. Oh. It is about bull riders. Ooh. It's about professional bull riding. Okay. And for the first time last year, they made it like the NFL where they have bull riding teams. They did like a draft and everything. Interesting. And it is. Teams. It is wild. Two of my favorite characters so far is one's a coach who got paralyzed uh, from the waist down um when he was like 1997 or whatever Mm -hmm. and he and his wife were talking about it and he was just like so i know this is serious business and i know these guys they need to really take it seriously and the other one was a dad of one of them who was just like it's intense and you end up getting like wrapped into it because it's like they follow four different teams Mm -hmm. um kind of they really follow like four different guys uh so there's uh the who they call the tom brady of bullfighting oh jeez. is his name is jose and they always call him jose (laughs) (laughs) gosh um he speaks portuguese probably 80 to 90 percent of the documentary um and then there's a there's three others there's like this old guy um there's this one dude who's just a little bit crazy and there's this young guy out of texas um and he was just like a social media personality and then he got he was an undrafted free agent um and they he he gets paired with jose and um gets mentored by him but it's fascinating the ride on netflix I was going to say, this is not on my bingo card for Evan. Yeah. You come with a different piece of media almost every week, and it's like ancient warfare, 
1960s telemarketing. <laughs> Bull writing. <laughs> like, what can I say? I'm a renaissance man. You are. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube at Unblessed Pod. Uh, you can also email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening so very much. Uh, we try and have episodes uh, every Tuesday. You can always email us your questions. We really like to hear from anybody if they've got any particular topic that we'd like to cover, uh, be it, you know, uh, news um, or Bible, or we'll just open it up Whatever to literally got. anything in general. It could yeah. be, hey, what kind of shoes do you wear? General Q&A. A general Q&A. We'll, we'll be happy to answer. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Without further ado, my name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible.